Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. That's right. It is Wednesday night time for Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. On Instagram, Aaron88. And you can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Latest article up today, it's the Week 8 Stock Watch. Looking at some players that are rising, some that are falling. It gives you an idea of who you can maybe buy or sell. So make sure you check it out. We have Dr. Roto's Week 8 Waiver Wire Wednesday. The projections are up from Sean Childs for Week 8. And Sean will join me. For the final two segments, so he'll be here in about 20 minutes to help prep you for week eight. Of course, fantasy football for breakfast is there as well. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. I was answering them at 2.30 a.m. Eastern last night, so uh, we'll get to them at, always. It'll myself, Sean Childs, Dr. Otto, so make sure you check it out. Also, Scout DFS. You guys, I'm telling you, you, you got to get a taste of NBA DFS because you can do very well, especially with Scout DFS. So if you've never played before, we have a seven-day free trial. So check it out. It's a lot of fun. Now, you do need to be available about an hour before tip-off because a lot of news breaks. And when that happens, this player is out. It opens up value. So now you have a player that's going to play 30, 32 minutes who's near min salary, you want to get him in because you want to pay up for your studs, especially with the way the pace has gone up in the NBA. So it's a lot of fun. And I'm telling you, once you start playing, you're going to get addicted. And, you know, especially if you only do NFL and it's once a week and you need something to do during the week, you know, you don't have to play every day. You can play two, three times a week, but we'll help you get you covered. We have a Slack chat where you can hop in, ask questions, and you'll get advice up until tip-off. We have an optimizer. So maybe you have three plays in mind. Put them in. Hit the optimizer. See what it gives you. And oftentimes it's going to alert you to a cheap play that maybe you weren't thinking about. There's articles there. So uh, NBA DFS is my favorite DFS sport. I love it. Uh, you don't even have to like the NBA that much. But what happens is, and you know this, if you play any DFS sport, once you start to play, you're going to want to watch. Because you want to follow your scores and your rooting. So it also makes the game a lot more interesting. It's going to make you watch. And I really feel the NBA is a very good product right now. I know people are like, well, Golden State's going to win. What's the point of watching? This is a regular season. There's a lot of good talent out there. Pelicans playing great. Lakers game the other night against the Spurs was tremendous in overtime. Uh, and, of course, uh, LeBron on the Lakers now 0-3, looking for their first win tonight against Phoenix. And that's a game that uh, I played heavily Stacking that game, Phoenix and the Lakers tonight should be very high scoring. So, again, check it out. 
at Scout DFS. We got your NFL, NHL, and if you enter the promo code RONUS70, that'll get you 70% off your first month, whether you choose the DFS package for a specific sport, the DFS package for all sports, which is the better buy, obviously, if you're going to play NFL, NBA, NHL, then, of course, when baseball starts, or if you want to do it for the seasonal league. So you get your money back. You know, you. I know people hate paying for stuff, but you got to pay for quality. And if you know the people at Scout, you know we're going to take care of you, and you're going to do well. We're going to give you good advice. No one is 100%. Whoever's guaranteeing that is full of crap, but most of the time we try to be right more often than wrong. So make sure you check us out, scoutfantasysports.com today. Let's take a look at some of the news in the NFL. Of course, the injury report comes out today, and doesn't mean much, but sometimes we see some players that we didn't think would be on the injury report. We knew Peyton Barber was going to be on the injury report. Dirk Cutter said it after Sunday's game that he was hurt, but he didn't reveal what the injury was. We found out today it's an ankle injury, so he did not practice. So, you know, he's looking iffy for this week. Again, it's only Wednesday, but still, Ronald Jones got the bulk of the first-team reps today for the Buccaneers. And we've been talking about Jones for a few weeks now. We thought maybe after that bye that he would get a big workload. It didn't happen. It's still been Peyton Barber, but Ronald Jones will get an opportunity. The problem is, is they don't really use him in the pass game much at all. He wasn't someone that caught passes in college at USC. So you're going to see Jaquiz Rogers mixed in. And, you know, Tampa Bay has really struggled on the ground. They have, uh, Barber had really one good game on the ground. I think that was the Atlanta game. And we know how they have struggled against running backs, especially pass catching running backs. So the Buccaneers are a heavy passing team, and that's why it's so fun to own Winston and those wide receivers. You know, Chris Godwin is someone I talked about before the year. I think for the preseason pro picks, he was my sleeper. And if you looked at several weeks, a lot of times he was fourth at wide receiver in snaps. Adam Humphreys was out snapping him. But last week, we actually saw Chris Godwin second among wide receivers on Tampa Bay in snap percentage. Mike Evans was the only one ahead of him. And that's why, you know, I like this offense. You know, even O.J. Howard, man, he's he's moved ahead of Cameron Brait for sure. We know Winston likes Brait in the red zone. So, yeah, you know, th- this is a tough week. There's a lot of injuries at running backs, four more teams on by. I, I don't love Ronald Jones. I-, I wouldn't be in a rush to get him in my lineup. But I know there are some of you out there that are really in a bind this week. Uh, I have one league where I, the lineup I'm putting out there is absolute garbage. Fortunately, that's not a money league. Uh, but I know some of you are in dire straits out there this week, so you might have to play Ronald Jones. You know, he should be added for sure if he's available in your league. I put him in the waiver wire column, but uh, again, I think in PPR formats, he's just not going to do much, and you're relying on a touchdown, but certainly is in play. Dalvin Cook. It's looking like he could be out through the Week 10 bye. Uh, ESPN Vikings reporter Courtney Cronin said that, that multiple sources have indicated Cook will be out through the Week 10 bye, and Again, this is very similar to Leonard Fournette. Like, you, you can't – he came back probably too early. Remember that that game he played the first half, and I think he played 20 snaps, something like that. He was like 10 for 20 on the ground. He didn't play in the second half, and they probably shouldn't have brought him back. So he's been trying to practice and just cannot get through it. It seems to still be bothering him. So they can wait it out, and obviously Latavius Murray will continue to get big workloads. So uh, – Murray came through last week. It's a tough matchup for Murray this week, though. The Saints have been very good against the run, so he's more of a low RB2. I have him in the Fantasy Football World Championship Online League. I'm probably going to use him now. Remember, in that league, we have the extra flex spot, so uh, I'm probably going to get him in there, but you're really hoping for a touchdown because the Saints have been really good against the run, so this could be a you know heavily 
passing skewed game for the Vikings this week. But you got to feel good if you're a Latavius Murray owner right now because it's looking like he's going to get a couple more games as the main back in the backfield for the Minnesota Vikings. Bad news here on Bilal Powell. He is going to undergo season-ending neck surgery. And Jets coach Todd Bowles said that Powell's career could be in jeopardy. So they're saying that it's similar to the Quincy Inouye neck injury, and we've seen Inouye come back, but worse. And remember, Powell is 30 years old, so really tough loss here for the Jets and Bilal Powell owners. And, you know, Powell was a flex play in PPR formats. You know, there were some weeks where I was using him. Uh, What's surprising, though, is he really wasn't involved much in the pass game. You know, obviously he only played 14 snaps in week seven, leaving with the injury. But he had two games in a row, week five and week six, with no receptions. He only had 11 on the season. But he was basically splitting with Isaiah Crowell. So this is a a pretty big loss here. Now, we saw Trenton Cannon last week replace Powell and do a pretty good job in the pass game. They're obviously going to go heavily with Isaiah Crowell on the ground, but they mixed in Cannon Uh, He played 23 snaps, only two carries for four yards, but four receptions for 69 yards. So it'll make him, you know, an add in deeper leagues. But I wrote about this in the week eight fab guide that came out yesterday. And when I wrote it, I didn't know this news. I knew Pavel was hurt, but I wrote Elijah McGuire is a name that you might be able to sneak in there today. Now, with the waiver wires running tonight and the news coming out, you won't be able to sneak him in anymore. I thought you might be able to get him at his cheap bid. But Elijah McGuire is on injured reserve. He did start practicing last week, and he is eligible to return next week. So the fact that he is practicing definitely is a good sign, and he could be back next week. So in deep formats, not not leagues with 16 roster spots. You you, you can't. Uh, You're probably not going to be able to because you have bye weeks and injuries. But in leagues with 20 roster spots, yeah, I'd be looking at McGuire. He was picked up in my home league today, which is 14 teams, and we run a similar lineup to the Fantasy Football World Championship. I always like to have that extra flex. We start two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and two flex spots. So it's pretty deep there, too. And I just didn't have room for McGuire because I needed someone to start this week with buys. So I wanted to pick him up, but just didn't have the room. But the the Jets were pretty high on McGuire. I think he was going to play a a pretty big role on the team this year, and you could see him as the pass-catching back. So definitely I think he's someone you could look at in deeper formats. Matt Breida not practicing today. I'm definitely worried if I'm a Breida owner. He only played five snaps last week. He aggravated the ankle injury. It's been so many different things, the knee, the concussion. We thought maybe we lost him for the season twice. He somehow manages to get out there and play, but it's clear that you know it's taking a toll, the workload on him. So I would not be surprised if he sits this week, and that means Raheem Mostert would be a really good play this week. I picked him up in my home league. I think it was last week. I didn't use him. He's in play. RB2 this week for sure, if, especially if Breed is out. Yeah, we'll see Alfred Morris, no question about it. But this is a good matchup here. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, he's going against. And we know how they've been getting gashed against the run this year. So Mostert is probably still sitting there on some waiver wires. He's probably picked up in the high-stakes leagues a lot last week. Uh, but if he is out there, you need running back help this week. Get him. The Cardinals have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs this year. They've allowed 10 rushing touchdowns. They've allowed at least 114 rushing yards to running backs in every game this year except one. And the one they didn't, Todd Gurley of all teams, uh, with 88 yards rushing for the Rams in Week 2. But they had three touchdowns. So, uh, yes, uh, definitely Mostert, someone to look at. uh, And consider him in DFS, too, this week as well if Breida is out. And it's looking like that at this point. 
Rob Gronkowski did not practice today. Neither did Sony Michelle. Of course, we didn't get any clear-cut news from Bill Belichick. And they expect Gronkowski to play. But this game is Monday night, man. This is a real rough spot. I know we talked about it yesterday with Chris Caro. And, you know, the official practice report is not out till tomorrow because the Patriots play Monday night. But you better have a backup plan for Gronk. And we might not even know. And even Sunday morning, looking iffy. Because I think they can get by the Bills without Gronkowski. So uh, this is one we're going to have to follow throughout the week. But make sure you have a backup plan. I guess the worst case scenario, as we discussed yesterday, is get Charles Clay if he's available. Because if you, what kind of tight ends are on the waiver wire if you have Gronkowski? It comes down to that, too. But in some deeper formats, you might not have better options uh, replacing Gronkowski. There might not be much on the waiver wire. Good news here is Jack Doyle returned to a limited practice today. So they, Coach Frank Reich said that Doyle does have a chance to play this week. He's been out since week two. Obviously, Eric Ebron has really dominated and soaked up a lot of red zone targets while Doyle is out. But Doyle uh, was the tight end that had heavy usage before, eh, I know it was only two games, before Ebron emerged. But I think they could use two tight ends quite a bit. Uh, and Doyle, I think, would be in play for sure uh, in PPR formats, or at least someone you want to have on your roster. We know Andrew Luck loves throwing two tight ends going back to his days in college as well. So you know, Doyle, I did see dropped in a couple leagues. So he might be out there, and uh, he could help, again, looking like he could return this week. Pierre Garçon is not practicing today. I don't think that really matters. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said Garçon is doubtful for this week, and he really hasn't done much this year. Now, it wasn't on Garçon early in July. I wrote an article about him, and I backed off, thank goodness. Uh, might have him in a best ball or two, but saw the emergence of Goodwin and uh Definitely uh, backtracked on the Garcon love. Wound up ranking Goodwin ahead of Garcon uh, when it was all said and done. Sean McVay said Cooper Cup is doubtful for week eight, but he's making good progress as he is dealing with that MCL sprain. So I don't think anyone thought he was going to play this week. I have Cup in several leagues, and I wasn't counting on him to play this week. It would be great if he returned in week nine. That is what I'm hoping for. Cup was one of the best values so far early in draft season, consistently getting red zone looks in an explosive Rams offense. So hopefully Cup comes back, is healthy, and can continue to do what he was doing before he got hurt. Marlon Mack limited it practice today with an ankle. So that's a new injury for him because, remember, the time that he missed this year was a hamstring issue. So, again, Wednesday practice, not a big deal, just something to keep an eye on because Mack has a really good matchup this week against the Raiders. And we saw last week Mack with 19 touches uh, and six for Naheem Hines. So it's clear the Colts want Marlon Mack to be the guy. Allen Robinson didn't practice today. That is a concern because he had a groin injury. He played last week, and you wonder if it's still bothering him. Did he aggravate it? So that's one to keep an eye on. He only had one catch for four yards last week. So if he can't go, then you know it's an upgrade for Taylor Gabriel and uh, Burton, Tariq Cohen, maybe Anthony Miller becomes a deep sleeper as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Dolphins officially placed Albert Wilson on injured reserve with that hip injury. So if you have Albert Wilson, you can cut him as the Dolphins are really banged up at wide receiver. Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison were limited at practice today, both coming off hamstring injuries. They are expected to play this week. Kiki QT has already been ruled out for the Thursday night game tomorrow. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, that should help 
Will Fuller. You know, Will Fuller's splits when QT's on the field haven't been good. So when QT was out, Fuller had two 100-yard games. So definitely a good sign for uh, Fuller owners there. Ryan Griffin, the tight end for the Texans. He has been ruled out with an illness. Theo Riddick still out of practice. He did not practice today dealing with that knee injury. Remember the team had a bye in week six. He didn't play in week seven, so it's been a while. So that'll definitely help carry on Johnson, maybe get a few more receptions as carry on exploded last week with a big game. Royce Freeman reportedly has a high ankle sprain. He didn't practice today, so they're saying he's day-to-day. But if it's a high ankle sprain, he's not going to play against the Chiefs. And even so, that's not a great setup for him. you got to think the team's going to play from behind. And Phillip Lindsay has looked really good. You lock him in against the Chiefs. He's in a good spot. And Devontae Booker will see some more work. Robbie Anderson did not practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. He had a hamstring issue last week. So that's something to keep an eye on as the Jets are really thin at wide receivers. Remember, they signed Richard Matthews yesterday. And John Gruden said Doug Martin is ready to go as the Raiders feature back. Down that Marshawn Lynch is on injured reserve with a groin injury. Look, I just don't love Doug Martin. I think it's a bad setup. This team's going to be trailing and playing from behind. That's going to be more Jalen Richard. Richard is the preferred pickup in PPR formats. I saw someone in my home league spend $500 on Doug Martin today. I didn't even put in a bid. He just hasn't been the same running back over the last couple years. When we return... We'll talk more week eight. Sean Child, ScoutFantasySports.com, and one of the best high-stakes players around. He joins me next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Check out my Week 8 stock watch, looking at players rising and falling. Dr. Roto's waiver wire Wednesday and our Week 8 projections from Sean Childs are up. So make sure you head over and, of course, Scout DFS as well, covering you for NFL, NBA, and NHL, scoutfantasysports.com. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps, and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. 
Joining me now, it is Sean Childs. You can find him scoutfantasysports.com, also one of the top high-stakes players around. Sean, what's up? You excited about this week? Uh, I'm excited about every week, man. Well, you, it, our guy that's killed us last year, maybe if he could play well for one week, that would be enough for us. Which guy are you talking about? Matavius Bryant. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, let, let, I'm, let's, desperate for, I'm, I'm desperate to cover, like, Cooper Cup injury and bye weeks this week, so <laughs> best no little athlete. Well, let, let's talk about that because uh, that that was actually I was gonna let's start it off with Amari Cooper. I know you liked Cooper going into the year. What do you think the trade to Dallas does for his fantasy value? It, it's it's going to be it's tough to trust any um, uh, Cowboys receiver. They don't throw enough. Their wide receivers, you know, they don't they have. For the whole year, seven games, 77 catches, 949 yards, and six TDs. I mean, is he going to get half of that a game? Five catches for, you know, 50 yards? You know, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not too exciting, you know. So, um, and he's a good player. Um, he's got it, you know, most of all for, um, for Dallas, him being on the field would draw attention from the defense, which, which should help Elliott. So that's a, that should be a win right there. So, um, hopefully, you know he can he can gain some of his lost value in the, in his weeks that he didn't perform in uh, Oakland. Um, he obviously shows talent when he uh, they get on the ball, but you know Carr you know was too easy to you know take the easy uh, easy outlet to a tight end or a running back and not you know to look to force the ball to him. So um, you know at this point, I if he's a wide receiver three going forward, I, I'd be happy. Even though we drafted him and probably as a high end wide receiver too. So. Tough situation, um, but, you know, Dallas needs a wide receiver, and, and maybe he surprises. And let's look at the Raiders' side. You brought up Martavis Bryant. Look, Jordy Nelson, obviously, a little bit of an uptick there, but Martavis Bryant is a guy that's going to see the field more. I think his snap percentage was somewhere around 35 40%, but now you got to figure he's going to be there in two wide sets with Seth Roberts in the slot, and this is an Oakland team that's going to be playing from behind. We have seen Bryant get past defenders this year. He's dropped passes. We know he's made mistakes. But is there hope for him maybe emerging as someone in the deeper format that maybe you can play in the right matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think he's just a, he's kind of a guy that has talent and he's underperformed what we thought for two years. Um, you know, they need to, you know, they like to play uh, Nelson more in the slot now. So, you know, he moves to the outside and, you know, they'll move Nelson around a little bit. But, you know, maybe he can hit on a play or run a couple of those crosses and, you know, use his legs to hit on a pass. So, um He's a, he's a tough start from week to week, but like I said, covering a you know Cooper Cup, you know getting injured, you know kind of has put me in a pinch. I probably have him on a, a lot of teams, and in week eight and week nine are tough bye weeks for me. And uh, I was really hoping that was positive news for Cup this week, but it looks like he's not going to play. So Ryan's out there, you know, might have to overspend for you know a couple weeks, and you know maybe he can get twelve to fifteen points in one of the games and uh, see what happens, but. You know, we, we know he has talent, but Carr doesn't like it to wait too long to get the ball downfield. But uh, sooner or later, they, you know, you know, he might hit on a play. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him scoutfantasysports.com. By the way, Scout Fantasy Sports uh, currently eighth in the Fantasy Pros ranking. It was number one for several weeks, but once again, second straight year in the top ten right now. So hopefully move up, but excellent projections and definitely not what you see around there. It definitely doesn't adhere to the – 
popular picks. Like it's very different, and that's why it's very successful. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Deshaun Watson is, has really been struggling. Obviously, he hasn't put up a lot of pass attempts, and the rushing yards are down. We know he's dealing with a partially collapsed lung where he couldn't even take a flight last week. He had to take a bus. What do you do with Watson now? Do you just sit him until he shows better health? It's a short week this week going against Miami. Yeah, I mean, last week was a tough game against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, they have a good pass defense. And the week before against Buffalo, they, you know, you know, they kind of – Played from the lead, and he, he didn't. He only attempted 25 passes. But you know, the four games in a row, he threw for over 300, pass, 300 yards. He had two touchdowns in a lot of games. His rushing yards are there. He, he looked like you at one point after five games, he was on a pace for 6,000 combined yards. So I think you know his stuff's there. He's just not getting the TDs that we thought he would last year. Uh, you know, this is the type of matchup where, you know where you know maybe Hopkins can hit on a play and Fuller's back. You know, gets a little bump in you know, least chances with the other wide receiver out, looks like he's out for the game. So I, I'm sticking with Watson. I, I had him as, you know, I think a, a bust going into the year. Not so much as I didn't like him as a player. I just, you know, can question the offensive line and, and the supporting cast around there. But, um, you know, he's at this point, he's kind of done what I thought overall, but I, I know he has the talent to do better, but he needs his offensive line to uh, protect him a lot more. A player who I think has looked really good this year, that's all Sean Jeffrey. Uh, he's got four touchdowns in four games. He's had one bad game. That was against Minnesota where he saw a lot of Xavier Rhodes. Now, this week I see is pretty low in the rankings. And I know he's got Jacksonville, so Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. But Jacksonville has allowed three touchdowns to receivers over the last two weeks. So what's the concern here why Alshon's a little bit lower this week? Yeah, it's just more of a, I probably, you know, he's he's a top-end receiver. You know, I know Ramsey will cover him. Their other cornerback uh, t- uh, is is a pretty good player. So I just don't think overall, um, you know, chances, targets, you know, he won't, he's had 10 and 12 the last two weeks, you know, probably drops down to 7 or 8 this week. He he might be, you know, short a touchdown, but, he, you know, he, it's, it's a tough matchup for him. And, you know, it's in London, but, um, it, you know, I like what he's doing, yeah, but I, this is just not not the right matchup for him to, you know, produce a 20-point game for me. What do you make of this Jacksonville backfield right now? We know Leonard Fournette will not play. They acquired Carlos Hyde. TJ Yeldon's still there. How do you think it plays out with Yeldon and Hyde this week against the Eagles? I'm guessing it's going to be around a two-thirds one-third split, and then and Yeldon's still going to get most of the action. I mean, Yeldon's been pretty productive. You know, he's gaining pretty good yards per, ca- you know, carry in comparison to, um, you know, Hyde. Hyde's under probably three and a half. He's 4.1, you know, 8.8 per catch for Yeldon. Um, he's making some plays, um, but they're going to rotate him in. Yeldon can catch the ball, and I know Hyde did catch it for San Francisco, you know, last year, but, you know, most of the time the, the plays went for short yards. But uh, so I would say that Yeldon gets two-thirds of the play in time and, and Hyde one-third. And I would say, based on previous history, you know, they were getting Yeldon off the field, like, that Hyde might still be the goal line back, though. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him at scoutfantasysports.com. The Week 8 projections are up. Mitch Trubisky looked very shaky the first few games of the year, and all of a sudden, the last three games, topping at least 316 passing yards. He's been running, too. He had a a season-high 81 rushing yards last week, at least 47 rushing yards in three straight. Is he someone that can be a QB1 the rest of the way, or is it still looking at matchups, or or is this offense turned a corner? 
I'm not sure his wide receivers are strong enough to be considered a, a QB one. And you know, when the weather turns and in, in you know some of his matchups at home, if it's cold or windy, you know, will be ideal. But his motions and you know what he what he's shown he can do. He ha- he has like a slick feel to him. Uh, you know, kind of like an Aaron Rodgers or um, Russell Wilson, where you know when he's running. He's looking up, and he can throw the ball pretty good. And I just like the way what I'm seeing from him. But he needs, like, Anthony Miller or uh, or Allen Robinson to step up and be more productive in touchdowns and make bigger plays. So, for now, you can't rely on Gabriel being the big play guy. And Cohen's going to be the underneath and, you know, the tight end's decent. So, he's got two pieces underneath that are pretty good. He just needs the wide receivers to step up to be considered, you know, one of the top receivers, I mean, top passers in the game. And he has to also – you know, Chicago would like to probably to run the ball le- le- better and play a little better defense, and their defense has kind of struggled a little bit the last couple of games. But I like the direction he's going, and I know people were disappointed after three games, but he's pretty pretty special in his last three starts. We saw Will Fuller had that streak going where he was scoring a touchdown every week with Deshaun Watson. We know he's battled a little bit of a hamstring issue, though he hasn't missed a game. But it seems like with Kiki QT on the field, he just doesn't perform as well. QT out this week, last week when he left the game, 6 for 68 for Fuller. Is this what Fuller needs to get going? Yeah, he needs a mix of the, the deep passes and the crossers. And, you know, where Watson doesn't have a lot of time with the, the offensive line struggling to block and taking a lot of sacks, he doesn't have the time to get the downfield for the big plays. So, it, it just, you know, Dallas had a pretty good secondary. Buffalo's, you know, they have one good cornerback and they could probably double on the other side in Jacksonville. So, it, it really... He hasn't had the best matchups for the last three games. And, you know, two of the games he only had three targets. But, you know, this matchup should be more favorable for him. And, you know, like I said, you know, watching me, you know, Thursday night may finally do something. You know, he's, you know, after a couple of slow games, you know. What do you think about Nick Chubb the rest of the way? Is he someone you just start every week? We know he's probably not going to be involved too much in the passing game. But we saw last week 80-plus yards and a touchdown. Is he pretty much someone you're going to get in your lineup almost every week the rest of the way? Yeah, I only ended up with him in two spots. Um, pretty much, you know, you figure he's going to get 15, you know, to 20 touches in most games. And he's, like you said, he's not going to catch a lot of passes, but he's going to be the goal line guy. But he's going to have the ability to hit hit on some long runs where, you know, Hyde wasn't, you know, didn't didn't show any explosives at all. So I, he he would not. He's not an ideal RB two for me. More of a flex guy. But I'm I'm pretty confident that he's going to you know average you know 12 to 13 points going forward. He'll score you know maybe a touchdown every other week or four out of six, and uh, you know get you over 100 yards in a few games. So I like I like what I see from him, and and I think it was the right move. I, I think last week on the waiver uh, on the daily game I wrote that Cleveland has to wake up and you know get him the ball and whatever or do something, and they they end up making the move last week. So it's pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, well, it's good that they read your stuff then. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's reading it. <laughs> There's a lot of people reading it. More should be reading it, too, if they want to win. Now, here's, here's something with Cleveland that I don't understand. Duke Johnson, like, they paid this guy. We saw what a weapon he could be last year. So you, I started to think, okay, they, they're very thin at wide receiver. Maybe they move him to the slot, get him the ball more. Then you see the trade of Carlos Hyde. Okay, now he's locked in as a passing back. His team went to overtime again. And what is it, five overtime games now this year? Or is it four? Four or five. They've been there. But last week, four receptions for 23 yards? Like, is this going to change with Duke Johnson? Baker Mayfield just doesn't look to dump the ball off to the, the running back at this point of his career. I mean, it's just, 
it's just something that, you know, they did very well last year. And Johnson was a, I think he finished as a top 12 running back in PPR league last year, but their running backs don't have over four catches in the game. They don't have a passing touchdown. And realistically they probably have under 30 yards and five out of seven games, which is way, way below we thought what Duke Johnson would do. So sooner or later there, you would think that they would get back to what they did last year, but, for now, I mean, Baker Mayfield has to, you know, take the safer passes, not looking to throw the ball downfield to some of his wide receivers that uh, don't catch the ball very well. And, uh, you know, they go three and out too many times. Yeah, I mean, he's been sacked a lot. The offensive line has been under pressure. But I would think that the coaches would at least design some plays for Duke Johnson because they are very thin at wide receiver right now. So I know people were probably looking at Duke Johnson and DFS last week. I mean, Nick Chubb obviously – was probably the preferred play a little cheaper because you knew his role, but I think some people did pivot to Duke Johnson, and that did not work out. It did work out last week with on Johnson. Theo Riddick was out. on Johnson played 55.3% of the snaps, so still not a lot, but obviously he's looked really good. Is on Johnson someone that you can pencil in as an RB2 the rest of the way, or are there still concerns because we do see a lot of LeGarrette Blonde and Theo Riddick could be back? Yeah, I, I wish they would. He had the one chance at the goal line, and the uh, the the line collapsed, and he didn't get any yards. And they brought in Blunt, and it was a wide open, right? Yeah, like what happens on that play? You know, why can't he catch that play? You know, get some more momentum, and you know, maybe get some short stuff. So, and then they brought in Abdullah on a couple of passing downs. I'm like, what are you doing here? You got a guy that's running the ball well, making big plays, and you can't even commit to him. And you know, this is you know, I mean, I don't know why they have you know, have to get blunt the ball. And he did look better as at least yards per carry. And, you know, last week he was 10 for 50 in the touchdown, I believe. But, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see him a little more involved in the passing game. And I, I think that should happen. But, you know, um, he's the best player on that team right now. And he's playing better than I thought he was. I, did, I didn't give him the uh, stellar write-up. He's one of the guys I definitely made a mistake on the preseason. I didn't like his running style. But, I mean, he, um, I, I like what I see from now. And I, I, if I was a Lions fan, I'd be pretty excited. For, you know, rooting for him going forward. Talk with Sean Childs. You can find him scoutfantasysports.com and the week eight projections by him are up. Uh, what do you think of Raheem Mostert this week? It's looking like Matt Breda might not play. He only played five snaps last week, aggravated the ankle injuries, had so many injuries this year. We've seen Mostert get a bigger role, and Arizona has allowed the most fantasy points to running backs this season. Is Mostert in play this week? Yeah, he, he's gonna. He he looks pretty good as far as making big plays, and he did catch a few balls last week. And that game should be where, you know, Arizona doesn't get too far in front. But you know, Arizona's been bad overall because I think the teams average about 34 rushing attempts against them a game due to game score, and even time of possession has always been slanted towards the uh, their opposition. So pretty pretty steady player. Um, like what I've seen from him, and uh, you know, he's just uh, he's probably gonna Morris is probably gonna get you know, 10 to 12 carries, and he'll probably get the remainder and, you know, probably the few catches, and I'm not sure about the goal line stuff for him, but it'll probably a guy that you can probably count on for 15 points this week, I would think. We know James White is locked in as an RB1. Sony Michelle probably not playing this week. I think we all think that the Patriots haven't really done anything yet at running back. Kenyon Barner had 10 carries last week. They're on the road Monday night against Buffalo. you got to think they're going to ha- take care of Buffalo with ease. Is Kenyon Barner someone that you would consider this week if you have some bye week issues? 
Yeah, I, I would put him in. I wouldn't expect anything crazy. Maybe he can sneak in a touchdown, 50, 60 yards, maybe a catch. You know, nothing crazy. But, you know, when you're filling in for bye weeks, you're just looking to not get, get killed in that position. So he's he actually looked okay last week, and he just didn't get in the open field. So, you know, this matchup probably a little bit better at the Buffalo, you know, struggle last week against running backs. So, you know, Patriots usually play pretty good against them, and uh, it should be a matchup where Patriots play from the lead. Yeah, you would think so for sure with the way Buffalo has been playing. I'm sure there'll be turnovers with the Patriots defense. Take advantage of that, certainly Patriots defense. One of the top streamers this week, and they are available in quite a few leagues. And we saw Barner last week play 17 snaps and get 10 carries for 36 yards. So we'll see if the Patriots do anything at the running back position and add anyone. A lot more to come. We'll continue to talk to Sean Childs as we look ahead to week eight some of the projections and what players will surprise this week. That's all ahead. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern, of course. Check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. The Week 8 Stock Watch is up. Wednesday waiver Wire look from Dr. Roto. Week 8 projections from Sean Childs are up. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. We will answer at all times of the day. Myself, Sean Childs, and Dr. Otto. I am joined by Sean Childs as we're taking a look at Week 8. Someone that's uh, pretty high in the projections. I, I can understand why. I, I know what you're probably going to say, but I think some people will look and be like, wait a second, what? That's Devontae Booker. I'm assuming you don't expect Royce Freeman to play. Uh, reportedly, he has a high ankle sprain, so if that's the case, he won't. They're going against Kansas City, so what's appealing about Booker this week? Yeah, I just think that um, he's going to be the pass-catching guy, kind of a trail in, trail in the game. He'll probably get, you know, 30% of the carries. Um, but like I said, Booker's probably most likely to miss. And they, they have bye week 10, so I would imagine he sits out next week. So he's probably out for three weeks. So Booker, Booker you know, just a you know steady guy, possibly trailing, maybe hit, hit, hit you know, a little hits on a touchdown if on the right pass. But, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay has looked pretty good and pretty explosive. And it seems like when he's on the field, they always – he kind of hits, always hits on a long play once in a while. So it's got he's, he's the guy that, that you want to play this week. But uh, you know, if you get stuck, Booker is a player that uh, you know should be a decent fill-in. Where you know four or five catches, you know maybe fifty, sixty yards, and you know touchdowns probably unlikely. But you never know. Yeah, Lindsey has looked real good. Did you get him in some leagues? He was the hot waiver wire pickup after week one. Were you in on him? Were you able to get him? Because some of the bids were really high. Um. When I was drafting in the live events, I was a little more in the Henry camp, which I missed, and Kimmer that I do some stuff with was in the Freeman camp. And um, late the second weekend that we were there in Vegas, um, I did get Lindsey uh, in some teams, you know, just when uh, 
the way it broke down for uh, somebody. Uh, I was probably drafting some other late running back, and I, I took a flyer on him in a couple of spots. And I, I know I got him in a $5,000 league that I got him in the lane and didn't pay for him. But if I had a Freeman team, probably spent a lot of money to get him. So I probably only have him probably in five or six, seven teams out of, you know, maybe 40 or something like that. But, you know, probably five, four or five were drafted, and the rest of them are more covers for Freeman. Yeah, I almost drafted him in that Vegas beat Adam Ronis league with the last pick. Like, they were sitting there like, just make your pick. And I was actually debating. It was like Lindsey, Cole Beasley, and Callaway. I wound up taking Callaway. I wound up dropping him. And when then he became a hot waiver wire pickup, I was like, oh, man. But Callaway has looked bad, man. I mean, he's getting the targets, but he's not catching anything for Cleveland right now. And they really need a wide receiver. And we saw last week the targets diminished, too, for Callaway. Yeah, he just he has he get he gets open and he, he has a chance to make plays. He just you know he's kind of in tight coverage. He's not coming up with the jump balls and stuff. So I think just you know he needs to do a better job in that area. But he has to have some sort of talent to you know to get open. So for now, um, they're probably not going to trust him in the big spots. You know when they have to throw at least downfield. So, but you know they have to have somebody on the outside. So he is going to get some sort of chances. And every once in a while he will you know break free and have a, more of a wide open. Play and he'll most likely catch those. What are your thoughts on Doug Martin? He's probably sitting out there on the waiver wire in some leagues. Gruden has said he's going to be the feature back. We know Jalen Richard better in PPR formats. He's, I think, four games of double-digit points in PPR formats out of six. But if Doug Martin's out there, are you bidding on him? Are you optimistic that Doug Martin can produce for fantasy teams? I did not even <laughs> bid on him once. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, if it was the right team structure, but, you know, I was I was really fortunate, you know, in some teams, and I drafted up front. I have White and Cohen on a few teams and probably, you know, drafted, like I said, Henry on a lot of teams, and he's not, don't even, it didn't. I don't miss a beat by not him not doing anything. He's just a guy who maybe helps me later on. He becomes the fifth running back where, you know, White just slides into the, the RB2, Cohen has been, you know, backdrafting him. And then I, I think I even got Coleman thinking that Freeman would get banged up. So overall, I haven't had to stretch there. And I've probably been holding like a Penny or a, um, uh, uh, the Jones guy from uh, Tampa Bay as guys that possibly get jobs. So Martin's not a guy I was interested in. Just kind of tricky there. And just you know, Oakland, just the team just doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction. And they're almost like they're building to when they get to Vegas. And it's kind of interesting. So uh, just don't don't want a part of it, but Richard's Richard's a player that I do want own in a couple spots. If I was looking for somebody earlier in the year and uh, he's probably playable now, because he's definitely going to get some, you know, catches for sure. Speaking of Tariq Cohen, I mean, man, what he has done the last three games, at least seven receptions, three touchdowns in the last three games. But what happened in the first three weeks? Were you con- you said you drafted him. Were you concerned? Because he was barely involved in the offense. He had seven receptions through the first three weeks. Yeah, it was really kind of disappointing after he touched the ball almost 150 times last year. You figure, you know, he's not going to get a lot more than that. But you figure, you know, he caught 53 balls last year. Maybe he can get it up to, you know, 65, maybe even 70. Maybe the carries aren't going to be much more with Howard, you know, projected to have a good year. But, you know, Howard's been kind of disappointing, and he, he, he wasn't in, involved in the offense, but he's been a big part of Trubisky, you know, kind of moving forward. He's been pretty impressive for his three straight games. He's got 22 catches, you know, a bunch of, you know, receiving yards, and he's, pretty, like I said, he's basically doing what James White was, and they, and they need him in that offense. And, uh, you know, Howard's going to be more steady, and last week he, he could have had two touchdowns. But, I mean, I, 
I mean, I have Cohen, and it looks pretty good now. I was, and I missed on I missed on playing him in a couple of weeks, like because you know that week they scored thirty points. I had other players, you know, that I could have put in, and you know, missed on that, and probably put him in half the teams the next week. But he's 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 in there every every week going forward now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, people who own Cohen right now are feeling really good because. You could see the connection there with this offense really taking off. It has coincided with Cohen being involved. And we knew in the offseason, we heard that, you know, one of the things was Matt Nagy was getting get him involved. And that's why it was very surprising to not see him involved much in the first three weeks. But that has changed. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him, scoutfantasysports.com. He does the projections, which are eighth, according to Fantasy Pros right now, top 10 last year as well. So if you want to win, you know where to be at ScoutFantasySports.com. You know, a lot of people have been hoping uh, for for weeks now for Aaron Jones to be the guy, and it just hasn't happened. You look at the carries the last two weeks, seven and eight. He's not involved in the passing game. We know how talented he is, and I think anyone who watches Green Bay games would say, Aaron Jones should be the feature back. So if you have Aaron Jones now, can you start him, or you just kind of have to hold him and hope things change in that backfield? Yeah, what a difference a year makes. Because last year, all the Green Bay uh, running backs were getting hurt, so one guy always had most of the carries. This year, they got three guys that are healthy, and they keep wheeling out you know Montgomery in there. And at different times of the game, they just can't get a rhythm of one guy you know being the lead player and maybe one guy catching passes. So it's it's been really difficult for fantasy owners. But realistically, you know, you know, Green Bay, you know, throwing the ball, you know, I think Rodgers on a pace to throw the ball 677 times. I, I looked it up this week, and which is well, I mean, he's he's pretty much been a league average guy, 550, 560 every year. He makes big plays and he scores touchdowns. But this year he's had to throw so much that you know, Jones is is not a big part of that, and he, and I know he missed a couple games. So the way the Green Bay is going offensively this year, um, the running game is not going to be you know a major part of their you know, output. And so I think they're just going to kind of rotate them in and use matchups, which, you know, I think it hurts the rhythm of the offense, at least in the, running the ball. So for now, you know, you probably play him and you hope he get a touchdown. Um, you know, this, this probably isn't an ideal game as far as you, know, you feel like they'll be chasing a little bit. The Rams, Rams should be able to score. Um, but Jones is, you know, frustrating, but you know, he's hopefully you didn't draft him high enough where you have to depend on him starting every week. Yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that uh, the Rodgers uh, attempts. His career high is 6'10". He's probably going to shatter that this year with the pace he's been on right now. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I'd be excited. Because when you look at Rodgers' stats this year, you're like, ah, he's been kind of disappointing, two or three touchdowns. But then, wow, he's attempting all those passes. So he's going to have some games where he's going to get the you know four touchdowns, maybe even the five. But he's you know his receivers – his second and third receivers have been banged up, but these young kids have done pretty good. So, you know, there is pieces of, you know, Green Bay scoring a lot of points, and it should be interesting to see if they can, you know, match uh, <laughs> match the Rams this week. They just don't have the big running back, you know, that, that the Rams do. Gurley is going to be a huge problem for the Packers to defend this week. Yeah, as he's been a problem for everyone. Are you to the point where you're just locking Todd Gurley in most of your DFS lineups every week? Um, yeah, well, especially the last couple of weeks that, that some of the other games have fallen on the wrong different days and they're eliminating the, you know, some of the other top options. You know, last week I thought that the top end, um, you know, I didn't like Elliott and, you know, I like McCaffrey. He's on the field almost 100% of the time now, but he just, you know, he doesn't score touchdowns and, and that game just didn't go right as far as, you know, 
them, you know, going back and forth. And, you know, I'd like to see him in it more of a chaser mode where he, you know, gets those eight to 10 catches and stuff like that. But, you know, he just gets it past once in a while. He's not even seem like he's featured anymore, you know, but he, he is, he is a nice steady player and he will have some games where he scores touchdown, but Gurley is, you know, he's so much, so far above everybody else right now, even though Barkley, you know, has been pretty good the last, you know, every, only Barkley's got 20 points every game, but the Giants, if they could ever, they got the offensive players. They just, you know, they need to score touchdowns, you know, but they're going to make a run, right? They're going to get back to 500. Uh, no, <laughs> they're selling everyone <laughs> off. They're in trouble, man. I, it's just not looking good for them. But do you know offhand? You probably know. You study the stats, but I think if you ask most people, they don't realize. You know how many catches Saquon Barkley has right now? Oh, he's. Uh, I can look it up right now. But I well, mean, what's your guess? He's on pace. Close to forty. 49, 49th of seven games. I mean, he might catch 100 passes this year. It's insane. Well, last year, Go ahead. when I did the projections last year, they had, they, you know, the running back for the Giants caught 100 balls. So, so when I did the projections, I was conservative and gave him 60. So when he was popping up at, like, the sixth best running back, I mean, I wasn't giving him the huge touchdowns because I wasn't concerned about, you know, them running in close in offensive line. But, you know, like you said, he got that 14 or catches in that one game, and that just shot him forward. And Eli looks to just dump it off to him now, let him make plays. So, you know, he's he's going to catch 100 balls. You know, it's crazy, huh? Yeah, good. You, you're right. Every time I'm watching, and, and I know Atlanta's been very weak against the running back, but he was consistently wide open when Eli was dropping back. And, you know, Eli's shook of the rush, so he's going to dump it off. So it's two straight weeks now, at least nine receptions. And he's even at 4.9 yards per carry. It doesn't feel that way because there's been games where he's been bottled up. But obviously, he's had a couple big runs. We know week one against Jacksonville, against Philly. But, wow, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty easy. I was asking a couple people, like, if you're doing a redraft today, he's number two behind Todd Gurley. Easy, right? In a redraft? Yeah, yeah like, say, if you were drafting today for the rest of the year, you would take him number two overall in a PPR behind Gurley, right? Yeah, and then Kamara would probably be next, and Hunt wouldn't be probably after that. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing I mean, how yeah, things change. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah. the, the workload he's getting and the high floor that he has every week. So uh, I was hoping to get him in my home league, and the guy took him one pick before me. So I went Kamara, which is not bad, but uh, Barkley, I think, is going to outscore him the rest of the way with what he has been doing. Talking to Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. What do you do with Jacksonville receivers right now? This offense is, is stuck in a rut, and, you know, we see from week to week it changes. Can you count on any of them, or it does it depend on the matchup? I, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's tough to trust them. I mean, I, I thought last week, you know, Cole had a good matchup or played well the year before, had seven for 180 and a touchdown against Houston. Houston has some risk in the secondary, but, you know, they just can't, you know, give their quarterback enough time, and, you know, just they're not making big plays, and so it's it's not. I don't think it's here. You know, with their offense, and they had the good, you know, the power running game, and they're playing good defense. You know, they're 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 playing on their heels rather than you know you know punching and going forward. So you know they have to turn the tide now, and this isn't a favorable matchup probably either because Philly's pretty pretty aggressive on de- on defense, and they're gonna press them receivers. So. It, it's it's uh, Keelan Cole. Every people I heard somebody talking. I was a pretty respected guy, and he really really liked him. And I thought, you know, after the second game against the Patriots, like he was probably right. But the last five weeks, 
been very disappointing. No touchdowns. You know, catch rate is a lot lower than expected with no big plays. So, and uh, you know, Westbrook's a little smaller guy, but he is fast. But he, you know, he's more running. They run. They they do the best when they run those crossing patterns. That, you know, and they get a you know, turn one upfield. So, no, I can't trust any of them, and I'm I'm kind of glad I don't have to play them every week. I was going to ask you, and then I saw how low you ranked them this week, and I could understand. What the hell is going on with Jordan Reed? If I would have told you week eight, he is healthy, Paul Richardson's hurt, Jamison Crowder's hurt, that you would have said, okay, Reed's still healthy, he's going to produce. Reed has done nothing. What is going on with Jordan Reed in this in this offense? Yeah, he's just he's not the workhorse. He, he, you know, he doesn't get enough chances. He's only on the field like two-thirds of the time, and just he's not separating, and there's no rhythm with a quarterback, which is surprising because he threw, you know, how many balls did he threw to Kelsey last year. So he, he obviously looks for the tight end. He just, you know, not getting open. And then maybe it's the other injuries to the, you know, the wide receivers not having strength as well. Um, but it, it's frustrating. And, you know, Reed's not a guy that I, I drafted at all, but there's a couple of teams I have managed that he's on a, on a, on a lineup. But, you know, after the, after next week, because I have a few guys on bye week nine, uh, he's 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 the bench warmer until he shows more, you know, uh, you know more uptick of uh, you know at least catches and doing something. But he, he is a frustrating guy. It's amazing because the biggest question on Reed was health. He is healthy and he's not producing. Uh, what do you think happens with Eric Ebron if Jack Doyle comes back? Doyle did return to a limited practice today, and they are saying he has a shot to play. What do you think that does for Ebron, who's been really good this year? Uh, it's Doyle's going to be just uh, you know be be the like the dump off guy again you know and Ebron maybe sneak out and make a little longer thing and be more of the goal line you know still catch some touchdowns it, it's definitely going to be taper down his chances you know he, he's got you know double digits quite a few times and he's got a lot of touchdowns but you know, Ebron's you know well overachieved what everybody thought and it's been helped by the Doyle injury but I don't think Doyle plays this week with him because they have a bye week nine. So I think he's getting closer, but they'll give him, you know, the rest of this week to get to practice, miss next week, and we'll see him the following game. But that's that's my feeling on him. So I wouldn't get so excited to chase him down if he was in the waiver wire. But, you know, Doyle's, when he when he throws them the ball, he catches, you know, 75% of them. So he's, you know, he gets open and he, and he catches it. Where Ebron, you know, he's catching the ball a little bit better for uh, luck. But, you know, he's just, um, you know, his targets are a little higher than what he should do should be based on, you know, probably Indy having injuries at wide receiver. Is it wise for Rob Gronkowski owners to pick up Charles Clay if he's out there, if they're going to wait till Monday night? I know the news of the weekend will change things, but would you do that if Fab's running tonight? No. <laughs> I, would, I, would pick up the, I, would, I would pick up the Patriots. The Patriots tight end, even though he didn't, they didn't even throw to him last right. week, but I would rather have the Patriots. Because he may get a play-action pass at the goal line, and Allen, you know, he could be 3 for 43 in the touchdown. You know, I, w- I would rather have the New England, you know, uh, uh, tight end over. Yeah, Dwayne Allen last week, 55 snaps, no targets. <laughs> yeah. uh, he didn't yeah. throw any ball, anything. But, but that's, you know, that is. They, they don't look at him, and they'll be wide open for, you know, a 20-yard TD or something. Could be. Uh, hopefully Gronk owners don't have to go through that. Sean Childs, thanks again for the time. Good luck this weekend. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Use the promo code RONUS70. Get 70% off your first month, whether it's DFS or season long. And get your questions in on the fantasy message boards and forums. We'll be answering them all week and weekend long leading up to week eight. I'll be back Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern.